We are joined on the line by political analyst at UNISA, Professor Lasiba Tefo. Very good morning to you, Professor, and welcome. Good morning, Elvis, and the listeners. What was your overall impression of President Sol Ramaphosa's speech uh, during his inauguration yesterday? You see, the last person who called, I think, is the law, who says, what is new in that speech? Save that the speaker is the one who's, who's new. But like all else, let me say congratulations to him. He made the right noises. He made the right statements. All that I'm asking for is translation of words into action. Mm. Now, President Sulema has urged South Africans to work together in order to create an ethical state that is free from corruption, which we've seen over the last, as some would indicate, the last nine wasted years. Will this, you think, be his legacy project to rid the country of the scourge? Yeah, I think those are the good noises being made, and they were made even by those that we, we want to accuse them of having failed us in the past 10 years, and he was part of that. However, if you were to say to me, or put differently, what is it that he must do to ensure that that is realized? Because it has not happened on numerous occasions. One, for me, is meritocracy that matters. If you get rid of affirmative action, which is exactly what bedevils the situation, water down the BEEs. Remember, all these things were meant to enable a black man to rise. But we equally knew that the seeds of self-destruction were inherent in that, in them. Hence, the black Americans, who were the first to be subject to that, campaigned for the repeal from the statute of affirmative action. Now, if we were to get rid of that and begin to make, put merit at the center, that's what. If we were to appoint people and not to deploy people, I can assure you, because then you will be able to uh, to to up to. Uh, create a capable state underpinned by ethical leadership. And that would say, then there shall be no black privilege, and there shall be no ANC privilege, but there will be people, men and women, from across the color line who would be appointed if and when they they meet the bare minimum. Now, he also affirmed or reaffirmed that the people have spoken by showing trust and confidence in members of parliament. Was he perhaps emphasizing that what you are pointing out, ethical leadership, and that MPs and his party members should at all times abide by the constitution? Yes, the message is conveying, I really agree with him, I support him wholeheartedly. But remember, the very people that were elected, are the very people that brought the organization in the country where it is in the name of the African National Congress. In other countries of the world, a party like that would not have been brought back into government. Mm. And this is Africa, right? We don't base we, 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 either emotions, loyalties, patronage, um, self, uh, um, self-enrichment. These are the motives that drive some of us to vote. In, a, in certain ways. That's not the problem of the ANC, that's the problem of Africa. So I wouldn't overemphasize that that is because people think we are a capable people, we are an ethical people. However, the ideals that he aspires, espouses, those are the ones that I say, I support you, sir, translate action, uh, words into action. But there is this point I want to make, um, Elvis. Um, he also talk, spoke to inequality and employment and then uh, inclusivity. 
I'm ever worried. Every time in public spaces when we celebrate, and as we were doing yesterday, I said to myself, how are we going to get this one right? Where were the Kalaks? Where were the Indians? Where were the white people? Because the, the values that underpin and should guide the society to become a winning one is where everybody is playing a role. What mm. have we done to alienate the Kalaks, the Indians, and the whites? And what programs are we going to put in place to bring them back? We are not going to win as long as we are polarized and divided as we are. Now, he acknowledged that there are these disparities, and especially about wealth amongst the poor and the rich as well, and that's another disparity. Are we, are we likely to see government, perhaps, Professor, bridging that gap and, and, and creating the opportunities, or do you think that this is just a rhetoric? It, it, it can be done. It can be done. And you start even at a philosophical level where you just say, I'm going to appoint the right people and I'm going to deploy resources and they would be gotten by those who are capable of sharing and distributing them, at least with a public spirit and a public conscience. But if only it is seen as as this so-called BEE and uh, affirmative action, Mm. strategies and, and, and tactics used to ensure that the limited few are enriched and empowered, then you are going to polarize the society, inequality will persist, and indeed, those who have the way with all, they will just vote with their feet and leave for greener pastures. Now, the president is sitting with a conundrum. The deputy president's post is still vacant. Will the cat, David Mabuza, finally be appointed? Or can we perhaps really expect a surprise, perhaps a female uh, deputy president. Yeah, that's just said. The cat <laughs> is not with nine lives, and uh, I, I, I don't want to speculate when it comes to the female um, candidates. All I know that this Mabuza will be the deputy president. It might be tomorrow, or it might be after three weeks or so. But it definitely, and there is, the, if the president is not compelled to appoint the deputy tomorrow or to, to, tonight. And I expect it will be tonight. For some reason, South Africans have come to, to do a serious national matters at around midnight. <laughs> so I think it might, be, it might be around midnight tonight. But D.D. Mabuza, remember, he was acquitted, well, to use that word, but uh, it's not really acquitted, by Mukhevani, right? Mm. Number two, the commission, uh, the integrity commission, is likely to meet today and entertain um, his better. At the heart of it is that there is no case at any uh, before any co- uh, any court where he's about to be tried. All these are allegations, true or false. That almost everybody has allegations against him. What what did he do is to portray himself as a uh, a voice of reason that is responsive to the call of the ANC that says when you are implicated in Malfis and, and other things. Please step aside and address those. If today he's acquitted again once more, or they say there's nothing we can do about this matter, and uh, then he's cleared, they, they will come out smelling like a rose, more strengthened and more presidential, because now people would say, that's the example that is worthy of emulation. And me, I, I will join those who say, yes, he said the tone. That's number two. Why not follow suit? Go out there. Let mm-hmm. your allegations be tested, and then we, if there is nothing, then you come back. If there is anything, then you walk away. So I'm not for, I don't want to entertain the possibility that uh, 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 there will be a female president. Because my main concern and argument is that 
Cyril Ramaphosa can't afford to alienate GD. It is GD Mabuza who gave him the presidency. All right. Now, the president is expected to announce his cabinet. Now, are we likely to see a return of certain ministers, such as Pravin Gordon, or are we likely to see also controversial figures like Batabile Dlamini? I wouldn't afford to lose Pravin Gordon. And ironically, I think there are missiles directed at him from various quarters, and even from various characters who feel like if you were to go, they can continue with the malfeasance or if they go, their cases may disappear. I certainly would not want to lose Gordon. He's doing a wonderful job, not for himself, for the country. Perhaps one day we might look back and say, he withstood all the virtual, but at least he made a contribution within of the recognition. But there are other, you see, the other one that is tricky for me is Batabile Jamini. Can you afford to take her out? If you do, at what cost? Because she's a public face of the women of the ANC. That is also another conundrum that is likely to be faced with. But that he might bite the bullet when it comes to that, and maybe or give him something small. But that is the most tricky one because there, when you, if you don't include, you know where she goes. There is a section that is ready to embrace her. Uh, Professor, just briefly and lastly, intertrade was also the cornerstone. Africa intertrade was also a cornerstone of the speech. Uh, looking at his uh, counterparts on the African continent, is this perhaps a return to the African Renaissance of the Mbeki era to revitalise and cement our inclusiveness on the African continent? Do you think? Yes, I, I think he, he can do that with, uh, with with ease, especially because the research unit is going to be re-established. That research unit played a major role. And he's a fairly schooled person who understands uh, uh, geopolitics, and he probably would get good men and women around and about him because you don't necessarily have to do it yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But he can articulate at least the policies and the principles of pan-Africanism and global politics.